0: All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us. Of course, we are live on Sunday nights, but we don't mind it if you're listening during the week with the download of the replay, which, by the way, just keeps going up and up and up record after record after record. And we are in the top 5% of all podcasts worldwide ranked by listen notes. Super excited about that. The website is christianmoney.com. Big show lined up for you tonight. Coming up in our guest segment, author Steve Ubaney is here. I think this is his third, maybe fourth appearance. His new book is Who Murdered Princess Diana? And this is going to be a great one. That'll be coming up here in about 28 minutes. Next week, we've got Erwin Lutzer is here, and his new book is called We Will Not Be Silenced. And this is sort of a friction going on right now within the church, which is... You know, there are some churches, a lot of Christians that believe that we should sort of just be quiet as Christians. You know, all these things going on in the culture, we should just stay silent and just be good Christians and sort of, you know, (laughs) stay out of the, uh, you know, the public forum, stay out of the public debate. I never believe that. And I know that it could probably be a fast track to your church growing uh, you could get more people to come to your church, to stay at your church. And a lot of the mega churches, they stay completely away from the, you know, so-called uh, cultural war. Uh, but but uh, this is going to be a good book to talk about next week. Erwin Lutzer is here. The book is called We Will Not Be Silenced, sort of addressing the issue of what are, you know, what is the role of a Christian in this culture that we're living in? And I certainly believe if we sit back and don't say anything, and don't get active, we're just going to get what we have coming. And uh, it's it's really getting to be quite alarming, the things that are being introduced into schools in particular, uh, just a lot of things happening in the culture that we've got to stand up for because it is a war, it is a culture war, and if we don't stand up, uh, it's, it's just going. To, that line is going to keep moving and it's going to get worse and worse and worse over the years. Okay, tonight I'm going to do something... Pretty different. I'm not sure I've ever done it on this show before. I've done it on other shows I've had. I think I did this on another podcast I used to have, but I've never done it on this show. We're not going to talk about any news in this segment. And this show, (laughs) we're not going to turn this into Dr. Phil. But I want to talk about some personal things tonight. I want to talk about some things, uh, I guess, philosophies that I have been developing over the years and maybe in recent days, uh, kind of honing a little bit more. And I know with the holidays coming up, a lot of people go through depression. Uh, you know, there are problems with estrangements from family, uh, people kind of losing their identity over the holidays. They don't really fit anywhere. And I want to talk about a lot of this tonight in my own, you know, from my own perspective as a 56 year old man, some things that I've learned and uh, the first thing I want to start with is I want to talk about loving yourself. And this is something I think within the Christian community in particular that we've missed the boat on. And, and I always think back to that scripture where Jesus talks about loving your neighbor as yourself. And if you really drill down and look at that verse if you don't like yourself, if you don't love yourself, how could you really do a good job loving your neighbor? So implicit in that command if you know Jesus was asked, can you boil it down all the commandments to one? And he said love your neighbor as yourself. So implicit in that is the idea of loving yourself. But there's a problem within the Christian church and It's something that I have struggled with. I grew up with a family that struggled with this. I'm pretty sure not only my own immediate family, but my extended family as well. Um, I grew up with a lot of really wonderful people that did not take care of themselves. Um, Just people that uh, let themselves go, uh, gained a lot of weight didn't really take care of them. their health, didn't take care of their mental health. And it it really is a culture that says that I have to be selfless. I have to be a person who does not care about myself to really be a good Christian. You know, the idea of having so-called me time or focusing on yourself or taking a self-care vacation or retreat just by yourself, this is many times viewed as being narcissistic you know the person that is down at the gym that's lifting weights uh, a lot of times as a Christian we look at that person and say yeah they're down there at the gym They're they're lifting weights they're doing cardio they're self-absorbed they're a narcissist they're worried about how they look Uh, you know people that go to I don't know self-improvement seminars people that go to get massages facials manicures pedicures. I think a lot of times as Christians, we look at that whole self-care track as not self-care or self-love. We look at that as selfishness. And let me tell you where this leads to. This leads to not only not being able to love your neighbor because you don't love yourself. And I'm not talking about becoming self-absorbed to the point that you Everything is about you. But in essence, if you don't take care of yourself, everything does become about you. Because if you let yourself go and your self-esteem drops to a certain level, which is a critical low level, everything does become about you. Because what happens is you start filtering everything that everyone does around you through this filter of your low self-esteem. So what happens is when someone does something to offend you or upset you, something that offends you or upsets you, it may be simply, it wasn't meant that way. It may be something inadvertent. You know, there are accidents that happen. People accidentally run into other people's cars. Those are accidents. If you start defining other people's actions in the worst by assigning the worst possible motives. So I'm in a car accident. That person followed me and intentionally tried to hit my car. That person was trying to actually kill me when they hit my car. This is what happens when you're not taking care of yourself and your self esteem reaches this super low level. Everything starts going through this filter and you start assigning uh, all of the pot, the worst possible motives to people around you because you feel so badly about yourself. And so when you get to this point that you feel so badly about yourself and you're not loving yourself, maybe you're even hating yourself. You begin to start to dislike people around you. You begin to start being jealous of people. You begin to maybe start hating people around you. You really become a miserable person because you're not taking care of yourself. And this is sort of a vicious cycle that begins. It begins in childhood for a lot of people. Um, I think this is very much the case in Christian homes because we're not really raised to have great self esteem a lot of times because we're raised by saying, it's all about Christ. It's all about going to church. It's all about studying the Bible. It's all about being selfless and being a follower of Christ. When that is not biblical, the idea of self-care and self-love is all throughout the Bible. If we can't see ourselves the way that Christ sees us, then problems will start happening. Problems will start happening in every part of your life, every relationship in your life. Now, let me start with the first part of this, which is your health. When you stop loving yourself, when you stop valuing yourself, when you stop considering yourself someone that deserves to be taken care of, the first thing that goes out the window is your health. Because if you don't care about yourself, you're not going to care about what you're putting into your body, how you're eating, whether or not you're exercising. Because after all, if you're not worth it, right, if you're a person that, uh, you know, on a scale of one to ten, if you value yourself as just a one or a two and you don't see yourself how Christ sees you as a ten or maybe a twelve on a scale of one to ten, then you say, you know what? I'm not going to go out and ride my bicycle. I'm not going to go out and jog. I'm not going to go swim laps because I'm not worth it. I'm not worth taking care of myself. You're not going to make good food choices because you think, you know what? I, you know, I'm just this guy. I'm just this, this lady. I'm, I'm not anybody important. I don't need to, to, to pay a little bit more for some better food or, or to worry about my, my, managing my weight. And I want to tell you what I'm going through right now. Uh, I have tr- I have been uh, trying to lose weight and maintain weight. I want to say my problem with weight started maybe about 25 years ago. And everyone in my family pretty much is overweight. And it's sort of accepted that this is because of genetics. We're all overweight because of genetics. Maybe that's a little bit true. But I think what's more true is I think that I was raised in a family of low self-esteem and I think that even my extended relatives are the same, have low self-esteem and are not caring for themselves, not engaging in self-care and not engaging in self-love and, and not really worrying about uh, how they look, not worrying about how they feel. Now in my own case, uh, I would say this is a hundred percent true, and some people would say, "Jim, oh my goodness, you've written over thirty books. You're you're you've been on done over a thousand you know media appearances. You've been on the Seven Hundred Club, Fox News, all these things. Uh, you know, you're telling me you have low self-esteem? Yep, I do. Uh, and if you're hearing that for the first time, then you're hearing that for the first time. I'm somebody who comes on a show like this, and you would think that I have super high self-esteem that I'm a super confident person, but I'm not. And let me tell you the first area where that begins cracking you and destroying you as a person, it begins with your health. Because as soon as you stop taking care of yourself physically, it begins to affect you mentally and emotionally. Uh, And let me, let me show you how this works. So, so as soon as you stop taking care of yourself physically, Immediately what's going to happen is you're, you're going to start having poor sleep. And once you're not sleeping well because you've gained weight, you're not eating the right foods, you're not taking care of yourself, you're not engaging in self-care, what happens is your sleep is the first thing to go. And once you start... Uh, not getting good sleep. It's probably the worst thing you could do. It's worse for you than uh, being on drugs or, or alcohol or smoking. Having poor sleep habits will destroy your health faster than anything else. Now, in my own case, I have struggled with, um, with weight gain and it, I'm, you know, searching for the reason why. And I kind of had a personal breakthrough about three weeks ago, not only because I found somebody that is helping me to lose weight and has put me in a program that is the first program that has ever worked for me. In three weeks, I've lost 15 pounds. And I want to tell you what that has translated to in terms of changing my life. But let me tell you the bigger part of that, which is that when I was considering going into this program that I'm in, it wasn't inexpensive. But I'll be honest, it's probably not a lot more than you would normally spend on food anyway because the food is provided to you. And I had to make this decision. I had to make this decision. Was was I worth spending this money to get a personal coach and get the supplements and the food that I needed to be able to lose the weight that I needed to lose. And it was about a hundred bucks a week. What it was going to come out to a hundred bucks a week. And I thought about it for a week. I thought to myself, "Eh, do I want to spend a hundred dollars a week to do this thing, to be able to lose all this weight and, to be able to take care of myself at the age of 56. Am I worth a hundred dollars a week to do this thing, to go into this program? And then I started thinking to myself, well, I'd have to buy food anyway. So maybe this is going to cost me $30 more a week than what I might already spend on food. Then I was in this whole cycle of trying to decide, am I worth $30 a week extra to make this change to my life. Now, I know this sounds crazy to you because a lot of you know I'm not a poor person. I am not super rich, but here I am not able to make a decision about whether or not I am worth $30 a week to be able to take care of myself and lose the weight that I need to take care of. And I made the decision that I'm worth it. And you might be laughing right now saying, okay, wow, what, what a big step. You're, you're worth 30 bucks a week to yourself. Um, it was a decision I had to make. I had to say, am I worth this? And that decision, while it may seem small, really seems to have been a turning point for me as, as a person. Because it's the first time in a really long time That I've made a decision to do something for myself that was not something I had to do, but something I chose to do. And so in three weeks, I've lost 15 pounds and it's the most weight I've ever lost in particular in that short period of time. And let me tell you what that has done for me as a person. Number one, when I look in the mirror, I'm starting to look like somebody totally different. In fact, people uh, who are seeing my pictures online are, are just shocked at the, this change that I've made. And it's making me feel better about myself. It's giving me more motivation to be able to get up and do things to take care of myself, to get my exercise in. Uh, to take time for myself it's a decision to to really make myself important to love myself and my decision to do this thing and to lose this weight is really making me feel terrific when I get up in the morning but let me tell you something even more than that 15 pounds is not that much weight really when you think about it a guy that's 225 pounds that loses 15 pounds. It's not much really if you think about it. But let me tell you this. When you, when you spend a day just walking around. Doing your normal stuff that you do. You wake up. You take a shower. You brush your teeth. You shave. You eat breakfast. You, you, you know, maybe go out for a cup of coffee. You start working. You just do your normal day. You go to the grocery store. I cannot begin to tell you. What a physical difference that it makes to not be carrying around an extra 15 pounds. And if you don't believe me, you can go to Walmart, you can go to Target, you can buy these little weight jackets that you can put on and you can put these five pound weights in there. So you could get a weight jacket, put three of those in there, that's 15 pounds and walk around with that for a day and see how that feels. What's happening is this, once you get into this positive cycle and you start, that first step is the biggest decision. The first step is, am I worth this extra 30 bucks a week? The first step is, am I, you know, do I care enough about myself to want to take care of myself, to be able to make myself a priority? Once you make that first step, the rest of it starts happening because now, now I'm down 15 pounds. I can't wait to be down 20 pounds. I can't wait to be down 30 pounds. I can't wait to be down 50 pounds. When I got married, I was 135 pounds. And at some point I somehow let myself go to reach almost 240 pounds. And I cannot even begin to describe to you the increase in energy, the increase in mental focus, the increase in quality of sleep uh, that is happening. And I'm going to tell you something else that uh, some of you are going to say, I don't know if I believe that or not. Um, People treat me differently and it's not psychological. I'm going to tell you something. People treat, fat people differently than people that are not fat. And, and it's just true. It's just true. I have someone I know that is a server at a restaurant and a a young lady. And she absolutely told me she lost 30 pounds, sort of reinvented herself and her tips skyrocketed. Now, on the one hand, you might say that that's not right for people to tip less because somebody is overweight or not as attractive. It just is. And I can tell you that even just with 15 pounds off of my body, how much better people seem to treat me. And it's little things like making eye contact, more smiles, people being more friendly I know you might think this is all psychosomatic and I'm thinking, oh, I lost 15 pounds and now all of a sudden everybody's being nicer to me. It is absolutely true. It is absolutely true. Now, I want to transition this into something else which is very much related and I want to call this segment we're going to go into now dreams deferred dreams deferred and what I want to talk about with dreams deferred is this. All of us have dreams for the future. All of us have that someday. Someday I'm going to do X, whatever that thing is. Everybody has some kind of a bucket list of of things they want to do. And here's what happens: most people accept their dreams being deferred. And Tim Ferriss, in his book, the F- the Four Hour Work Week he talks about this idea of mini retirements. He has this concept that what most people do is they set all of these dreams up or all these plans for the future for retirement. And, and all of their fun things and things they always wanted to do, they're, they're gonna be out there at maybe age 65, at age 70. And the sad thing is really twofold. Some people never get to that age and they never get to do any of that stuff. And also they're living their lives like kind of in a, like watching a black and white TV. It's like everything's for the future and they're not doing anything for themselves now. And this is where Tim Ferriss talks about, he calls them mini retirements. This is where you do things for yourself now instead of putting it, you know, back and loading everything. And I want to tell you something that, that I did and my wife did. That uh, probably one of the greatest decisions I ever made, which is my wife every year, probably three, four times a year as the winter is approaching. Yes, we do have somewhat of a winter here in Florida. She would always start droning on about wanting to go on a ski trip and going skiing. And the scary part of that whole thing would end with this. She would say someday I'd like to go to the Swiss Alps to ski. And she would just kind of look at me like I was some kind of genie in a bottle and I was going to be able to, you know, give her this wish that she wanted. So it was about three years ago. I just did it. I just bought this trip. I figured out a way to do it, figured out a way to do it fairly inexpensively. And, uh, we took like 10 days and went to the Swiss Alps. That was three years ago. And part of that was we were in Italy as well. And, uh, So that was what I was uh, 53 at the time uh, when I did that. That's something that my wife thought, well, that's going to happen probably during retirement. But then again, maybe she's not going to be able to ski during retirement. So we did this trip. And as soon as, you know, I had that thought again, like, ah, should I, should I do this thing? Should I, uh, you know, should I do this? Should I splurge and buy this trip to Switzerland? And so I'm like struggling with this. It's, you know, weeks before Christmas and everything. So, uh, you know, that year for Christmas, I gave her, she opened up this uh, picture book of Switzerland. And I, she said, oh, this is beautiful. And I said, well, that's because that's where you're going. You're going to Switzerland. <laughs> and I had all these regrets when I was first purchasing it like, Oh, I shouldn't buy this. It's going to be too much money. I shouldn't be splurging on this, but I was pretty much okay with it. Cause it was for my wife really. And I'm okay with buying stuff for my wife much more than for myself. But when I saw that look in her eyes, when she got the Switzerland trip uh, for Christmas that year, I, I never looked back. I said, you know, this is one of the best decisions that I've ever made to do this for us to go to Switzerland. And I've started to live my life more like that. And after that trip, um, I told my wife one of my dreams, which was to go to Korea. I have studied in the martial arts most of my life. I wanted to go to Korea for an extended period of time. Three weeks was the plan. And I wanted to see all of the historical sites of Taekwondo and the history of the martial arts and to learn the history of Korea. And she said... You gave me my dream of the Swiss Alps. I want you to go to Korea. And I went to Korea for three weeks. That was that same year I went to Korea. We've also done extended trips to South America, to Ecuador. I say all this to simply say this to you. I don't know what your dreams are. Your dream may be a trip like my dreams have been. Most of my dreams and most of what's on my bucket list are trips, I'll be honest. But for you, it might be something different. It might be getting that Ford Thunderbird that you had when you were a a teenager. It might be, I don't know, getting that weekend cabin to go to. Um, Be careful and don't defer all your dreams. And I'm not saying just run out there carelessly and spend money you don't have. But don't back end load all of the stuff that you want to do in this life for later down the road for someday because that day may never come. And this is a great time with COVID and all that we've been through the last year and a half. All of us have been through so much with these lockdowns and just craziness and forced masks and not being able to travel. None of us are promised another day. Nobody's promised tomorrow. And, uh, I think, this would be a great time going into the holidays to sit down and make a list of your dreams. This is all part of what I started talking about, you know, taking care of yourself and we're getting into that part of the year, new year's resolutions. Everybody starts the year, new year's resolutions. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to be better with my money, whatever those things are. Um, Start thinking right now, how could you change your life? By loving yourself, by caring about yourself, and then segueing that into how many dreams have you deferred because you don't really care about yourself enough. You don't love yourself. You don't make yourself a priority. And so because of that, all of your dreams are deferred because you don't think you deserve any of those dreams. Really, by deferring them, you're saying, well, you know, for down the road and, and maybe that really means never. And so this is a great time to reevaluate. And going back to that to that verse, the idea of if if they asked Jesus, could you boil it all the commandments down into one idea, one verse, one principle? And he said love your neighbor as yourself. And implicit in that is loving yourself because if if you don't love yourself, I mean, what's that, you know, if Jesus is saying, well, you don't hate yourself and then go out and hate your neighbors. I mean, that's that doesn't make any sense, right? So that's the only way you could really understand what he was saying. If you're someone that has not been taking care of yourself physically in particular, I just want to reach out to you and encourage you that taking care of yourself physically is going to absolutely change your life. And our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We, we know that from Scripture. And if you're somebody that's looking at trying to make a change, Um, reach out to me, send me an email, let me know what you're doing and what you're trying to do. I'm kind of thinking about doing like a Facebook group that'll be just totally free for people that are Christians that want to get together and talk about things like weight change and motivation and goal setting and, um, you know, trying to raise our self esteem, trying to be better people, trying to be better fathers, better husbands, better leaders, Um, And I'm not talking about this in a Tony Robbins type of a sense. I'm talking about real life change by valuing others and valuing yourself as well. Okay, this is totally different uh, segment than I've ever done. Uh, Normally, this is all news and it's politics and it's Biden and it's Trump and it's recounting the election and all this kind of stuff. But I just wanted to do this. So I hope you enjoyed it. We're going to take a one minute break and refire the open and we're going to get into something fun and interesting conspiracy theories. Always fascinating and such a tragedy, the death of Princess Diana. But uh, I think there's so much more to the story and it's going to be super interesting. One of our favorite guests, Steve Ubani is holding the book is Who Murdered Princess Diana. We'll be back in one minute. Don't miss it.